This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment, where they pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 11 Clothing Company. Making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line11Clothing on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This podcast was created for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. On today's episode, I would like to welcome Kelly Cardenas. He is a Forbes contributor, author, podcaster, founder, CEO of a national multi-million dollar brand, and a cultural efficiency coach. Cardenas is to go when it is the go-to when it comes to constructing a culture that will have a sustained success in all the aspects of your business. He has been named one of the most sought-out interviews in the game today by Forbes magazine. And I just want to welcome you and thank you for coming on to our show, brother. I appreciate it, man. And uh, honestly, that that introduction, um, <laughs> it, it, it makes me smile. It makes me laugh because I asked my daughter what I do a couple of years ago. And she said, Daddy, you simply make people happy. And then she went back to playing Legos. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that that keeps you it keeps you humble. And it, it brought me back to that spirit of, you know, my 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 dad uh, letting me know I called him Pops and Pops was always uh, letting me know that there was only one business in the world and one business only. And that was the people business. And if you took the people out of the business, you had no business at all. And so for me, um, I'm simply like with all those things, the accolades or whatever it is, the successes, um, it's for me, it's never about that. It's about the impact that you leave on people. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree. I heard a, a saying one time that said, people don't really care what you know until they know you really care. And um, it's absolutely true, brother. We're, you know, especially being an entrepreneur, a leader, an influencer, you know, you got to show people that you care about them, you know, and that's beautiful, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. And I appreciate what you're doing. Your voice is so uh, important, I believe, in this world. And, and dads are something that are, I mean, it, it, the, the impact and the power that you have, man, David, that you're making on this world is just phenomenal. So my hat's off to you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that for sure. Um, well, let's open up with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. If you don't mind, you know, your backstory, where you came from, parents, et cetera, and stuff like that, if, if you don't mind, brother. Absolutely. So my dad was in the military. Uh, I, I got to say it in one breath, which I was born in England, uh, uh, England, Idaho, uh, Taiwan, California, uh, Utah, Florida, Las Vegas, Memphis, Las Vegas, and then back to San Diego, where I live now in Carlsbad, California. And uh, I grew up a military kid. Um, and I can't read that well. I can't write that well. 
Uh, but my parents always told me three things. Number one, you're awesome. Don't, uh, you know, disconnect yourself from your accomplishments. Number two, you're beautiful. Um, don't compare yourself to anybody. And number three, which was the best was you can do anything that you put your mind to is, but just because you could do it, doesn't make it right. And so stick to your purpose and everything will work out. Uh, and my dad would say this all the time. He just passed away, uh, December mm -hmm. 19th, 2021. But he said to me up until the day he died, he said, you're the greatest. And then he would pause and say, so act accordingly, son. Oh, man. That, <laughs> man, I'm so sorry to hear that about your father. You know what I mean? But that, that, that's an amazing, amazing deal right there. I mean, just to hear that from your own dad. You know what I mean? That's, that's beautiful, brother. Well, he would write, I, I tell you, David, he would write it every day. My mom would, my mom would scratch my back and wake me up every day and tell me that I was awesome. And I didn't know what she was doing at the time, but what she was helping me to realize is that, you know, when we get out of the, the trying to accomplish success, right. Mm -hmm. And that's, especially today, it's such a, a tagline. Like I've got to accomplish this. I got to grind. I got to hustle and do all this stuff. And what my mom was telling me from a very early age is son, disconnect yourself from the accomplishment and simply accept your greatness and greatness will come to you um, because it's already in you and, and God made you that way. And uh, I, I think now I look at it and it's the reason why I say this, David, is because I believe it's because she knew I wasn't going to be able to read well. She knew I wasn't going to be able to write well. She knew I wasn't going to be able to maybe, uh, you know, be at the levels that my brothers are. My, my one brother's an attorney, the other brother's a doctor. And uh, here I am, this kid that, I mean, I didn't even read a book until I uh, grad one book from the time I was in kindergarten until high school. And um, but the one thing was, is just having an attitude that said, like, I, I you know, if I put my mind to it, I could do it. But just because I could do it, it doesn't make it my purpose. And so that that really gave me wings throughout my life, man. Mm -hmm. And I like that, too, because I'm trying to implement that with my own daughter as well. Like, I don't necessarily like telling them that you could do anything right. <laughs> and, and the reason being is, you know, if, you know, you're, not everybody's going to want it. You know, not everybody's going to aspire to be a major league athlete or whatever. Right you know, there's certain things for certain people and whatever, you know what I mean? I, I get that, you know? Um, but that being said, I do agree a hundred percent with you about purpose and, and using their gifts and helping them utilize those gifts. And I think that's our job as a parent is to be able to help them navigate what they're interested in, what their purpose is and help them find that. And it, it's hard. It, it, it really is. You know, you got, it, it takes a lot of listening to them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I just had that happen yesterday. Um, or was it two days? Eh, maybe it was yesterday. My daughter sat with me and I said, are you okay? Because we went to the mission because uh, here in San Diego, my son's doing a report on it. And um, I, I was a little bit, you know, um, I guess you would say frustrated because they were bickering with each other and stuff like that. And then um, she said, oh, you know, dad, you seemed mad, but you didn't, you, I could tell that you weren't mad at what was going on today. There was something else in you. And I looked at her at 13. And I'm like, who are you to tell me this is the reason why I was angry and you guys were bickering at each other. And she just looked at me and she was like, it wasn't because of what was happening today, dad. And mm. it really helped me to understand that, you know, I, I believe our children are not here for us to, uh, to mentor, but they're, they're here to mentor us and help us to be able to see from a different perspective. My son, you know, has the, his name is Maddox. He's 10. And probably three years ago, probably one of my favorite stories with him is, you know, he woke up, jumped out of bed one day and just hands in the air and he yelled out, I did it. And I looked at him and I was concerned <laughs> and I was like, what'd you do? And he said, I got up. 
And I mean, that's, that was, that's who he truly is. And I think that if we could lay into the inch stones, as opposed to the milestones, the inch stones of spending time with our kids, you know what I mean? And not to say that it's going to make everything okay. Um, but we're so focused as dads on the milestones. We're so focused on the goals. We're so focused on providing. And the kids are like, I don't care if you have a car, if you have money, if you have anything, just spend some time with me. Mm. And that's what my pop really, really instilled in my mom too. You know, my mom let me know that the best thing that I could do as a dad was to love my kid's mother and, mm. you know, and to love my wife at a high level you know, is something that that's, that's being, a you know, that's what I learned as being a dad, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, and plus I got a really cool and hot wife, so it makes it pretty simple <laughs> to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, now, now hearing you just say that Kelly, how did you learn to interact? Cause I, I know a lot of times, you know, as sons, we mimic what our parents do. So how was that interaction with your father and your mother and, and how did they represent that to you to where you're at, where you're, you are at, you know, in the way you treat your wife and stuff like that. How big of an impact was that? If you don't mind me asking. I think it was, I mean, it was a big one. I mean, there was, you know, I grew up, my dad's Mexican, my mom's white. They're both from Utah. Um, so you can understand how this story starts off. And there, there was, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't cool to be Mexican, uh, you know, growing up when my dad did in, in Utah in a little town called Tooele. And, you know, so my dad had a lot of anger, you know, he, he grew up with some anger and he grew up with some, you know, a little chip on his shoulder and stuff like that. And so, you know, there was what we, what we call passion in the Mexican culture is, is fighting, right? That's what yeah. we learn. Like, you know, you fight and then you get back together. Wow. That's love. And, and that was something that I saw, but, you know, I, I, I credit my mom huge because my mom was constantly, she was a prayer warrior. She was constantly praying for us and, you know, Although there was craziness, and when mm -hmm. I call it craziness, all that's normal in, in that's a normal family is crazy, right? Everyone yeah. out there is like, well, my family's crazy too. Like that's just normal. If your family's normal, then you're crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, but I I was connected with that that kind of crazy, but in in early on relationships with women, um, I found myself gravitating towards people who would fight with me, mm -hmm. and I remember getting to a point, David. And this was crazy. I called my brother and I said, bro, um, I was dating my wife at the time. And I said, I've got some challenges. He said, what's the challenges? I said, well, Brooke and I are having some challenges. He said, what are they? And I said, she doesn't fight. And he's like, okay, so tell me the challenges. And I said, well, that's the challenge. She doesn't fight. And he said, he, he really changed and impacted my life at this time. He said, you know, Kel, it's okay to be okay. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I realized that fighting wasn't something I, I gravitated towards fighting because it was what I saw growing up. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I realized that it was all right to be in a place where you were peaceful. Yes. And once that happened, I, I, I chose that and ran with it as you know, not to say that well, I don't have a perfect marriage. No one does. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, for me, I want to honor, I want to honor my wife, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. And I know that my daughter's watching and my dad said this to me, my pop said, um, that kids are, um, he said, boy, cause he would always call me boy. He said, boy, you know what uh, the difference between a child and a video camera is? And I was like, <laughs> what dad? And he's like, the video recorder has a pause, rewind and delete button. And then he just paused. And I was like, wow. Mm. 
And wow. what he was, what he was letting me know, man, is, is my son's watching how I treat my wife. My daughter's watching how I treat my wife and she's going to choose a husband based off of how I'm treating my wife. And my son's going to treat his wife based off of the way I treat my wife. And I, I, I mean, I, I, we both serve the same God, you and mm -hmm. I, Yes. <laughs> and I don't want him coming down on me because I sent these two kids down the road because you know some verses about that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Def <laughs> definitely don't want to lead them astray. I mean, <laughs> that's a, that's a millstone around my neck. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, trying to have that. Absolutely. It's it's crazy that you said that because um when you were telling that story, Kelly, I had a similar story with my daughter. You know, obviously, we moved to Southern, Southern California recently and um she was transitioning really good. I and mean, she's my teenage daughter. She's 15. And one day she, you know, all the countenance in her was just down. You know, I'm like, Oh, what's going on, Nakota? Are you okay? And she's like, Oh, eh, I'm okay. And I'm like, no, I was like, seriously, I was like, what's going on? And she's like, well, dad, I don't fit in. And I'm like, Oh, you have tremendous amount of friends. You're flourishing here. Everybody likes you. What do you mean? You don't fit in. And she's like, well, dad, I don't feel like I fit in when they talk because no one's talking about who got beat up or who's fighting. And I was blown away by that. And I, I had to stop her and I had to tell her, okay, listen, honey, what you just said. I was like, that is the exact reason why we moved from Albuquerque, New Mexico is because of that violence. That's not okay. That's not okay. Type of thinking. Mm -hmm. And she had to pause and she thought about it. She's like, you know what, dad, you're absolutely right. That's not okay. You know what I mean? But you're right. I mean, it's, it's that passion, I guess, or machismo or whatever it, it may be. You know what I mean? But we grew up in a very violent culture over there as well. I mean, some of the, some of the best fighters in the, in the world came from Jackson and Jackson and, Winkle. Uh, exactly. Winkle yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I I was one of uh Tom Vaughn's students 20 years ago <laughs> at, at Greg Jackson's West. So yes, we knew about that, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that that's crazy though that you said that, you know what I mean? Just being able to look and reflect at that and then just be able to see that that's not okay behavior. And like your brother told you, which was great sound advice. It's okay to be at peace. And I tell you, that wasn't something that, you know, that I understood. I, I thought you had to be in chaos and chaos was what I grew up in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and not to say my, my parents did a great job. They, you know, they did exactly, they did the best with what they had. Um, mm -hmm. but there was, a, there was chaos. I mean, you know, we lived, uh, you know, in the, in, uh, on base and, um, one day, my dad just said, it's done. And I said, well, what? we don't know what is done. He just said, that is done. And he had a moving truck come and he just he started packing up everything. And my, kid, my friends came to me and they were like, hey, where are you moving? Because on base, when you're in the military, everyone thinks that moving is normal. So they're like, okay, yeah. where are you moving? And I said, I don't know. And they started laughing and they're like, we're well, on their bikes. I'm in sixth grade. And they're like, ha ah, whatever, man, where are you moving? I said, I don't know. And then they said it a third time and I got mad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. And, you know, that's really, I mean, when, when things mm -hmm. went, went side and uh, kind of sideways for us, you know, I was in sixth grade, my brother's in eighth grade, my older brother's in 11th grade mm -hmm. and my parents, you know, my dad packs up everything. And then uh, my parents got into a little fight and my mom packed us up in the car while my dad was uh, going to get some boxes. 
And then we went into hiding and we had a one bedroom apartment. We lived with four of us, um, you know, double beds on the floor with no box springs and uh, just pushed together. There was three of us brothers. I slept in the middle cause I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, those kind of things, I just thought that that was normal, but little did I know mm-hmm. that all the time that I was going to spend, you know, by myself or walking with my brother to school and doing these things on our own. It was God's plan because he knew that my parents were going to go to heaven earlier than I expected them to. And so now I'm 46 years old and both of my parents, my mom went to heaven in, uh, you know, 2018 on June 19th. And my dad went December 19th of 2021 at 62 and 68. And so now I'm a 46 year old man that was conditioned, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. There was some lions, there was some bears. And now when I see that Philistine in front of me, that's saying like this giant saying, I'm gonna knock you out. That's life. I'm saying like, I already took out some bears and some lions. Cause I had to, as a kid, mm-hmm. this thing in front of us, we don't have a challenge, but I believe that God prepared it that way. I wouldn't have suggested it, but he did. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my parents always told me, they say, they said that, uh, you know, if you, you can't change the things you can't choose the things that are going to happen to you in your life. But if you fall in love with your current circumstances, the mm. magic will happen, man. That is so deep, bro. Mm. And I have to pause there for a minute. Cause that that's, that's some solid, solid advice right there. Um, it's true. If you stay there, you can, you know, you could look at it both ways. You can stay there and get stuck or you can reflect off of it and learn, you know, I'm blown, I'm blown away with that, bro. Honestly, I am. Thank you. I mean, it's, and it's one of those things is the, you know, for me, the, the glory, right. Mm -hmm. That, that, that glory piece, there's no way that our family could have made it through the things that we did, um, without him. Mm-hmm. And that's what my mom was constantly. And, and I'm not saying, oh, this was bad because my parents split up or I'm down or anything like that. And what I'm saying is, is we went through it. You know, we went through it, my story or, you know, somebody else's story. I'm never comparing them, mm-hmm. but I just believe it seasoned me, you know, seasoned me, seasoned my brother. And now when I look at those kind of things, it's, you know, my mom told me the only word that she would ever use that mm-hmm. was a curse word was this, David. She would say, shit. Like, you know, if it doesn't work out, shit, maybe you weren't supposed to do it at the time. You know, if you lost your job, shit, you know, maybe you needed a new job. And I remember she said this one time when I woke up and everyone has had this experience, everyone out there listening, you've had the experience of waking up late and your alarm clock not going off. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I was so mad. I was running around and my mom was like, shit, like, (laughs) don't let it ruin your day. And when I say that, David, I was late for the interview today and I apologize, you know, profusely, but I had to go to my mom that way. And I had to go into my dad's side today when I was an hour late to this show, Mm -hmm. I could beat on myself and just think that this is horrible. And I did so. And then, but it was like, shit, like, let me apologize. Mm -hmm. And let's move on to that next thing. Let me fall in love with this because God has a plan. He's never, never, never late. He's seldom early, but he's always right on time. Just like my son, when he's 10 minutes late, he walked down the stairs and raised his hands in the air. And he was like, right on time. And I was like, no, you're not, you little joker. But in his mind, he's exactly where he needs to be at the particular time that he needs to be there. And when we're in that place, we can be present. And that's where God will bring the magic into our lives. Wow. Wow. I know that that's, that's amazing. How, 
like how how can we utilize that with with our children i mean because you know that's a great way to look at it instead of getting hung up on our you know what i mean not being able to be perfection you know perfect right because everybody has this perfection attitude where you need to be perfect you need to be perfect you know that's the type of household i grew up in um that's a good way to train our kids to look at things and be like hey man life happens but hey shit you know what i mean pick up <laughs> you know dust yourself off and move forward you know what i mean don't get stuck there right Absolutely. You know, I screwed up the other night. I was with my son. He's 10. Right. And we started playing. We started playing NBA 2K. And if you've ever anyone out there listening, if you've ever played NBA 2K or Madden with your son or daughter, they will whoop your tail. They will beat you into the <laughs> ground. And my son had no humility that night. He was beating me by 50 points in NBA 2K. 50 points. And every time he would drain a three, he would be like, another one, dad, you can't stop me. That D he would block a shot. And he'd be like, that D is crazy. Dad, he's 10. And I, I was getting angry. I was getting mad. Like my, if you're listening to this as a dad, you know, you played Nintendo and you know, you threw the controller oh, and yeah. I had the controller in my hand. I was so mad. And then he just kept doing it. And I turned to him and I was like, yeah, you're saying that now. And I said like this, this to a 10 year old, I said, yeah, you're saying that now, but when I start whooping you, you'll be crying. And then, and then I, and then, and then David, I caught myself and I was like, I am almost 50 years old. I'm a 46 year old man <laughs> trying to flex on a 10 year old. And I had to go to my mom and be like, shit, like, son, I am so sorry. He's like, no, dad, it's cool. I was like, no, dude, it's not. I was not being nice at all. And I was getting whooped. Like, I mean, so dad's give yourself some grace, mm -hmm. <laughs> celebrate some inch stones, some little inch stones. Don't be focused on the milestones because you're going to screw up a ton. And when you screw up shit, maybe you were supposed to. And I, I want to, I want to finish this thought here, David is like this, mm -hmm. this morning, God woke me up this morning and he said, leave me room, mm -hmm. leave me room. And I was like, because I, I needed to get to the beach. I needed to read. I needed to do all this stuff. And he said, leave me room today. Leave me room enough to bless you. Wow. And then when, when I was getting in the shower, I was, because uh, I, I get myself pumped with hip hop. I'm a hip hop head. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, but there's a song, you know, a song by Eminem and Super Bowl just happened. And he said, um, success is my only option. Failure's not. And mm -hmm. I was like, I was singing the song. I was getting hyped, ready to go to work. And then God was like, failure is an option in my book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. Because that through that failure, he's going to humble us, help us to realize that he's in control. And then when he's in control and he blesses it, who do we talk about when we succeed? Him, not our methods. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it keeps us humble when that happens. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've been humbled by God and if we don't like it. We don't, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we question, right? I mean, I, I, I do all the time. I'm like, why do I have to go through this? I, I see your plan, God, but why did I have to go through it like this? You know, and that's one of the seasons we're at right now is I'm like asking God, okay, I, I see your master plan. I see what you're doing, but I don't like it, <laughs> you know, cause it's uncomfortable. And that's that growing season that we go through. Right. Absolutely. And I think when we allow, when we allow God to be in control, like, and he said that so strong to me and he repeated it today over and over again, he was saying like, failure is an option with me. Mm. Failure is an option with me. 
because I'm not going to have every single thing that you think that you want succeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's rough, man. Especially like, I'm like, that, that's not a part of the deal. That's not what I signed on for. Mm-hmm. Um, but also my son, it wasn't, he didn't sign on for his dad trying to flex on him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because of NBA 2K, we mess up, we learn. And, you know, I'm probably still going to lose my cool with my son. He beats me like 50 points. I'm going to, I'm going to go after him. <laughs> I'm going to arm bar that little joker. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, just, just hearing you say that, you know, about God, what, what God spoke to you and stuff like that. Um, how, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, does it transition into kind of thinking about like on focusing on what really matters? You know what I mean? Cause sometimes I know God will put roadblocks, right? He can't, he'll, he'll stop something, right? You know, one of the things that I always pray for in my family is God shut doors. No man can open and open up doors. No man can shut. And then sometimes he does that. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, these doors are shut. Like for me, prime example is I prayed and prayed and prayed. I can work back at this one utility, you know, that I had been wrongly terminated for. Okay. Um, it took me seven years, dude, seven years on the road thinking, okay, God's bigger than this. God opened up the doors for this. Why would he allow me to work here? And then all of a sudden shut the doors. I mean, I had vice presidents and everything calling me and be like, dude, we don't know why you can't work here. They just, HR does not want to, you know, not keep you from being banned. Cause that was part of the, uh, that was part of the, the measurement of punishment that the HR department would imply as soon as you left them, or if you got fired from them, they would completely just ban you off of property, which meant property, meaning any power line in the state that belonged to them. And for a monopoly like that, that pretty much means you can't work at home. So then now guess what? David has to, you know, provide for his family. Now David is out there working in different states, you know what I mean? So I, I, I know what you're talking about, man. And, and when we prayed for that, God really did that. And that's what spawned this whole deal for me to be able to uh, start this organization and what we're doing, you know what I mean? Just saying, okay, God, what do you have for me? Then I, I understand that these doors are closed, you know? It's powerful, man. It's hugely powerful. And the fact that you're listening, man, I think is a big one. Mm, mm. how have you applied focusing on what really matters to your own family like like i know you're highly successful and everything like that how do you apply that how do you keep that balance because i know a lot of our listeners are always asking how do you have balance how do you find balance with working and trying to provide and being a dad and everything else so how do you be successful in your own home well i i think my you know i number one throw balance out the window Yes. Um, balance, balance will never happen. Uh, you never be balanced. And if you are truly balanced, you're only going to give 50% in one thing and 50% in another. And yes. the last time I checked my grades when they were 50%, I was failing, which I was happy with, <laughs> but most of you are probably sad um, because that, <laughs> you know, like into a 50%, I was like, yay, like you know, I got a 50, 50 chance. Um, but you know, when we truly balance and if you have three things in your life, you're a dad, you're a business owner, or you're a dad, a, uh, you know, a lineman, and then a husband, you're only going to give 30 3% if you are balanced. So throw balance out the window. And what I would suggest is like my wife tells, uh, tells me, um, be a hundred, like be a hundred wherever you are. Like mm-hmm. right now, I'm not a dad. 
I'm not a husband. I'm not a podcast host. I'm not a writer. I'm not a hairdresser. I'm not a business owner. I'm a guy who's spending time with my friend, David, who mm -hmm. is the podcast host who needs to be lifted up and who everyone need in this world needs to hear his voice because he's making a difference. And so if we can be a hundred exactly where we are, then magic happens in that moment. And then when we go and we go home and we're with our parents or with our, our wife, we'd be a hundred with her and shut everything else down. Now, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have cell phones. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but they're there. And it doesn't mean that the cell phone is a devil. And there's times where I'm too much on my phone and there's time. But again, shit, like sometimes you're never going to be a hundred in those times. But that's if you can simply focus right where you're at, like shut everything down. Mm -hmm. Like I, I find that so many people are focused on going and getting things that they don't really need to impress people that they don't even like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you can just simply be like, it's so cliche, but there's no balance, be a hundred wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, when you do that, like, it's amazing the opportunities that will come you. And I can tell you this, which I was mm -hmm. scared of when I was a kid, you will never miss the bus. Mm. The person who created you built the bus and the mm. bus was made for you. You can never miss the bus. So don't think if I don't go get this opportunity, if I don't leave my wife right now and go and do this thing at whatever, maybe it wasn't for you at that time. It's okay. Calm mm. down, choose mastery, slow it down, and you'll find the world to come to you. Wow. No, you're absolutely right on that. Um, I grew up with that same pattern in life too with my father he'd tell me you always you know if you're not ready for that bus it's going to leave you you know that that was one of the things that he taught us you know so it was like all right i'm i'm ready for that bus you know what i mean and go get it and i was always left with this feeling that if i didn't make it happen and if i didn't go and get after it you know with that tenacity that god had placed in me that it was never going to happen and uh, you're absolutely right once you slow down and, and have that mastery like you're talking about it does come to you you know, it, it really does. And one of the things I've found that for me to realize if it's from God, right, is God doesn't rush you. If you're feeling pressured and rushed, that's not from him. That's that that's for me, that's a clear indicator that it's not right for me. You know what I mean? Because how many times have you been in that situation? I'm sure you have plenty of times, Kelly, where it's like people are telling you, hey, we're leaving right now. We need to do this. You need to do this. This is going to happen. I need your signature, whatever it may be, right? And it's like, it doesn't feel right. And you're rushed. You're like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. You know what I mean? And I found nine times out of 10 when I didn't jump on that for, for, for that feeling of missing out, right? Because that's what it is, that it was perfect. It's like, oh, thank God that that didn't happen. Thank God I didn't sign that lease. Thank God I didn't do this, right? Absolutely. I mean, we tried to buy a building. My wife and I tried to buy a building a couple of years back and mm -hmm. um, we had the deal done and I negotiated them down from, I think it was 1.4 down to uh, 975 and we were ready to go and we were so excited. And then I like, literally I was going to put the earnest money down and I called my loan officer and I just said, you know, I just wanted to let you know before I put the money in, I just wanted to call you. And he's like, Oh, I was just about to call you. Um, you got denied. And I was like, what? Like I got <laughs> denied for 975, but I just got uh, proof for 
1.5, probably two or three months before. And I was like, how can this even happen? And there was no explanation, but it was almost as if God was just gave me a piece, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what happens with that building? That building then goes into auction, ends up selling for 700,000. Mm -hmm. So I would have been 250 in the hole. And then a year and a half later, the pandemic happens. And I would have been stuck with that building. So God knows, <laughs> mm -hmm. all, all, and I'm saying that this isn't, this isn't a perfect science. You know what I'm saying? Like when I say like, stay peaceful, stay in the moment and all those things. I mean, my wife just had a conversation with me the other night or the other day, she took me out to lunch and she was like, look, you know, all the things that you think that you're doing and you think you need to do, it's not bringing you any joy and that doesn't serve our family. So I don't care what you ever accomplish. You need to stop doing what you're doing because we need you joyful. When you're joyful, our family will thrive. But mm. when you're not joyful and you're like, oh, I'm going to go get this thing, which I was, I wasn't leaving room for God to work. Mm. <laughs> Man, and how many of us are guilty of that? Seriously. I mean, it's right because you like my wife used to call it work mode. She would have to tell me, she's like, you know what? Your daughter doesn't need work mode, Dave, right now. You know, you're, you're not talking alignment. So, you know, don't, you know, watch your words basically as she, what she was telling me. She's like, you, you can't be speaking to her that way, you know, cause I was very harsh with my words and it's not, it's not that I meant to do that or, or anything I didn't want to show or disrespect or anything like that. It's just, you get heated, you're passionate. And then all of a sudden you go into work mode. Cause that's where you feel. And I think a lot of fathers feel this. They, have that box that they feel comfortable in. So when there's some sort of disarray or whatever, we tend to go back to that box that we feel most comfortable in the box that we have the most respect in. And that's what we, we fall back to. That's our default. So then all of a sudden I'm talking to her in a way that I'm not, you know what I mean? That I feel comfortable in, but it's not necessarily comfortable for her. And it's coming off very, argumentative, very aggressive. And it's something that we don't need to do to our daughters or our wives. You know, you got that right. Now, I wanted to ask you, Kelly, how has becoming a dad changed your life? Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it changed it. It just gave me a new one. Um, you know what I mean? You have to exchange yeah. it in. Like, you know, it's funny because, you know, I have, I have clients that I've been seeing since I was 20 years old. And, um, you know, or actually I've won since I was 19 and I'm 46 wow. now. So the conversations that we used to have, like, yo, what party are you going to this weekend? To what club are you going to, to what car are you buying to be like, oh, wow. Did you choose the right school district? Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, 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 it switches and it changes. And I, I tell you, like, I think just fall. And when I go back to it, it may sound cliche, but just falling in love with that moment. Some people are like, Oh, I loved seven years old for my kid and they're 10 and they're a nightmare. I'm like, like, enjoy the nightmare because mm. it's not going to be there for that long. Right. And mm. you know, your nightmare is somebody else's dream. Yep. The things that you're going through in your life, maybe you're having a challenge in your marriage and you're fighting or you're fighting with your kids. I have a friend who last year, almost to the day, lost his 24 year old son. Wow. So if you're fighting with your son, your daughter, they're still here. Mm -hmm. He, my, my friend would die to have one more second of, even if it was altercation with his son. Mm -hmm. But when I started to realize that 
most of the time, the challenges that I had, right, the challenges that I faced, or, you know, when my daughter, you know, went through a challenging time with the pandemic, and, you know, it gets, you know, she's in a room, and, you know, all the anxiety, the depression, and all the stuff, it's sitting in and realizing that, you know, again, like, the, I, I realized, because what I wanted to do, and I'm sure that you did this too, David, and mm -hmm. our, our generation, our generation of dads is like this. I went through this, so I'm going to work my butt off so my kids never have to go through this. But we don't realize that the person that was built and the structure that was built in us, mm -hmm. that's awesome, right? That's what mm -hmm. my mom told me. That's awesome. Was built by us going through all those things and sometimes having the, uh, the uh, when I wanted the skates from the skating rink and my mom brought me some Veriflex ones. And if you know Veriflex, you know what I'm talking about. They were the oh, busted yeah. up ones. And I got those Veriflex and I was so mad, but I look at it now and I'm like, all those kids that got those shiny skates, a lot of times they don't have the grit and the tenacity to be able to make it through some of the storms that they're going to go into. Mm. And so I'm thankful for it. You know, I'm thankful for those things. Again, it's not a perfect science. I keep messing up all the time. Um, I say bad stuff to my wife and then she checks me on it. I say bad stuff to my son, which I told you about my mm -hmm. daughter. Um, and I just keep on saying like, <laughs> shit, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I want to try. I'm going to try. I mean, there's no other option in it, but I, I, I want to finish the <clears> thought with this. I, you know, if you're if you're having challenges with your wife right now, you know, if you're out there, you're listening, you have challenges with your wife. I've got a friend that, you know, got divorced three years ago, and it was devastating, you know, his two children, and now he's a single dad. And, you know, I, I tell you, like, if we start, like, my mom told me this, mm -hmm. she said that God's in the midst of the praise of his people to praise him in all things, and that praise unlocks blessings. So praise him now for the blessings that are coming, because that will be a show of faith as opposed to acting on circumstance. And that's what he wants our relationship to be based on is faith and not the circumstance. So praise him right now. If you're in the storm, praise him right now and watch him unlock the blessing in your life. I promise you. Wow. Yeah, that's, and that's amazing because you're absolutely right. Um, ever since the pandemic, there's been so many marriages that have been just devastated. I mean, and, and it, it's crazy because a lot of them were, were Christian people. I mean, majority of the people that I knew that got divorced were, were professing Christians. And it's sad to see that, you know, because we're called to be the light of the world, right? We're called to 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 share God's grace and and love and give people a hand up, not a handout. And for that to be happening to God's people, to any people actually, but I mean, especially the kingdom people, you know what I mean? It, it it's sad. It is really truly sad. You know what I mean? At that moment, um, a lot of the 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 men that I've spoke to, they said that they didn't even know that it was happening. You know, what I mean, they. They, they'd never had a thought like if you were to ask them hey man how's your marriage they'd be like oh it's it's amazing and then you ask the wife and the wife's like i want a divorce and it's like they're they're taken back by it you know what i mean they had no idea it was happening you know and it, it's true i mean god's there he wants to be praised and start praising him you know what i mean because they say divorce right divorce is as bad as losing a child the pain the trauma that it actually puts you through and I can't imagine losing a child. I have three beautiful children that God's blessed me with. And man, I can't imagine that kind of pain, honestly, you know?
and and when I say this to all the listeners out there, like I'm not judging anything. I was divorced. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, I had a, a Hollywood wedding. Um, my first one, the reason why I say a Hollywood wedding, cause I was only married for a year and two months and it cost me a lot of money. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, uh, but again, growing up, I didn't think <clears throat> when I was five years old, yay, I'm going to get divorced someday. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand and know all the things that are going to happen. And so I had to, when I got divorced, literally I had to say, shit, like maybe I wasn't supposed to be with her. And now I'm so happy that I'm divorced because I got a chance to meet my wife, mm. <laughs> you know? And so it, I think that when, you know, when we can take an outlook on life that way, I believe that we can choose joy. I'm not going to be able to choose my circumstance, right? But mm -hmm. I can choose joy. I'm not, but happiness is going to come with sadness. Happiness, mm -hmm. high. Sadness, really low. Yay, I got the, uh, the, the job. Oh, I lost it. Oh, I got the car. Oh, I lost it. That's a roller coaster that most of us are on, but we're basing our life off circumstances opposed to just being like, I lost my job. Yay. Maybe I'm <laughs> supposed to have a new one. I got a new job. Yay. Like my son, I woke up, Like <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I did it. I did it. I did it. Yep. And I, I tell you like this, this is probably the, the, the coolest thing I was with my pop and I'm cooking breakfast mm -hmm. and, um, my I'm cooking pancakes and I, I get, I get kind of ego when I'm cooking pancakes for my kids. I'm like, yo, what would you like? I'm not even a good cook, but I'm like, what would you like, baby? And she's like, daddy, I want a dog. I was like, I got you. Like, I'm gonna make a dog. And so I started to pour out the dough or the little uh, pancake batter. And it looked like a llama, David, but I, it, I was saying <laughs> it was a dog. So I flipped it over. It looked like a llama, but it, she's like, daddy, a dog. Yay. And I was like, son, and I had attitude by this time. And I looked at my son. I was like, Maddox, what you got, man? What you want? Anything. Your dad's got it. And my dad's in the kitchen. He's just laughing at this. And my son's like, I want an Iron Man pancake. And I looked and I was like, no, you don't son, because <laughs> daddy can't do an Iron Man pancake. I don't know what one looks like. I can't draw very well. And especially with this batter, it ain't going to happen. But I turned to my dad, my dad just smiled and shook his head. Like you got yourself into this go boy. And so I started to drizzle <laughs> the batter out and it just was a big burnt blob. Like it was nasty and it didn't look like anything. And my, I turned to my dad and I was like, what am I going to do? And he said three words that changed my life. Mm -hmm. He said, sell it boy. <laughs> and so I knew, and I turned and I said, Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes, <laughs> Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes. As I'm flipping the thing and I'm keep singing the song and I, I put butter on, it, I said, Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes. And my son starts looking at me and I'm like, are you ready boy? Cause it's coming. Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes. And I bring it over. It looks nothing like Iron Man. I set it down on the plate, put some syrup on it. And I set it again. I said, Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes. And I slid it across and my son looked at me and he paused. He looked at the down at the uh, the 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 pancake, and it was like, to me, it was like ten minutes, or probably ten seconds. And then he looked up at me, and he was like, "Iron Man pancakes, Iron Man pancakes," <laughs> and he was like, "This is the greatest, Daddy. You made me Iron Man pancakes." Every one of you <laughs> can have Iron Man pancakes today if you choose joy. Oh wow! Absolutely, brother. No, that that is so amazing. You know what I mean? Just just really changes your whole outlook on life, right? <laughs> I mean, and what do you choose to look at? What, what are you choosing to focus on? I mean, I know for a lot of us out there, sometimes the weight of life brings us down, right? And it, it lets us, it, it gets into us, right? And when it starts getting into our innermost parts, 
it starts affecting us and it starts affecting everything around us. You know, um, one of my good friends, a dear friend of mine, we were at his house one night and he opened up the screen door and it was cold. I remember it was in the middle of winter and it was cold and the cold air came in. He's like, do you feel that? And we're like, yeah, shut the door. What are you doing? And he shuts the door and he's like, oh, what did I do? I was like, you let in the cold air. He's like, yeah, that's one way of putting it. Another way to put it, putting it is I changed the atmosphere. He's like, as a father, we have the same ability to change the atmosphere where we are at. He's all, so choose wisely. And I was like, wow. You know what I mean? That, that blew me away. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I tell you, can I tell you one more story about my son? Cause my son, my son is like, he blows me away. It, it involves my son and my dad. Am I allowed to tell you? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, t- I'll tell you quick. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, when dude, perfect came out at first, my son's a big dude, perfect fan. I want to have dude, perfect on the, uh, if you're listening out there, dude, perfect. I'm looking for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> But uh, he wanted to go to the concert. There's a concert for Dude Perfect. And I called my buddy up and I was like, I was acting like I was the celebrity dad. I was like, don't worry about it, son. I got you. And I called my buddy in Vegas. My buddy said, don't buy tickets. I got you. I was like, cool. It was like two months out. I was going to buy meet and greet the whole nine because I wanted to impress my son. And mm-hmm. this, my friend's like, don't worry. I got you. And then the three days before the concert, I'm like, man, I ain't got no tickets yet. A day before the concert, ain't no tickets. I call him. He's like, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. I got you. Day of, no tickets. He finally, after I called him on the day of, he sends me out tickets, but I know that he actually just bought the tickets right then. And mm-hmm. I know where the arena is. And he sends me the tickets. I look at the tickets and I'm like, damn, like these are high tickets. Like, I, you know, high as far as high in the arena. Yeah. And I, I got the kids in the car. I, I got three tickets, me, my daughter, and my son. We get in the truck and I call my dad and I was like, dad, I don't know what to do. He said, what are you talking about, son? I said, I want to take uh, my son to, you know, Maddox, the dude perfect. And I was going to get a meet and greet and I want him to understand what life is like. And I want him to see a different side of life. But I got these tickets, man. And they're the worst tickets in the place, like the worst, not even <laughs> there's not a worst ticket in the whole arena. And I said, uh, son, I said, you know, pop, I, I don't even want to take him because they're that bad at tickets. <clears throat> And he just told me, he said, son, Maddox will react the way you react. Mm. And so as we're driving down there, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so great. We're going to do it perfect. <clears throat> and he's like, daddy, because we had just went to the Clipper game and we were front row on the floor. Mm-hmm. He's like, daddy, are we super VIP? That's what he called it. Are we going to be super VIP? And I said, I don't know, son. He said, are we going to be VIP? I said, I can't promise anything, but I know they're great tickets, son. And the whole way down, about 45 minutes, dad, are they, are we going to, we VIP, we VIP. And I was like, I don't know, son, but we walk into the arena and I swear to you on my life, these tickets were the worst, the top row and on the side. So you couldn't even see the stage. You could barely see the stage. And <clears throat> I know where we're going, but we walk into the arena and you walk in on the top and then you walk down to your seats, but we didn't have to walk down because we were on the very top of the arena. As I look, the top of the arena only has me- uh, concrete benches, David, concrete mm. benches, not even chairs. 
And so as I walk in, I see the concrete benches and I was like, oh my gosh. My son said, what daddy? I said, oh my gosh. He said, what daddy? I said, there is the VIP section. He said, where daddy? I said, right there. The, the cement, you see how <laughs> there's chairs. The cement is VIP. He said, that's VIP. Are we there? I said, I don't even know, but we got to walk around and find our tickets. I don't need, I can't promise you anything. And then we walk all the way around to the absolute worst place in the whole arena. And I stopped and I looked at the tickets and I said, oh my gosh, son. He said, what? And I said, we are VIP. And I said, there's our seats right there. He said, it's VIP, daddy. He sat down and then about 10 minutes into the concert, he turns to me. He's like, daddy, you know how I know this is VIP? <laughs> and I was thinking, no, you just found out that I'm lying to you. And he said, because see all those people down in the front row? And he pointed and he's like, see them? And I said, yes. He said, dad, they can only see what they could see. And I said, okay. And he said, but we could see what they could see. Plus we could see what we could see. So that means that we're VIP daddy. High five. Wow. And to, the, to this day, he still thinks that he went to a VIP with dude. Perfect. But I believe that that's the way that we need to realize as dads, our kids will react the way that we react. Mm. And we don't have to have perfect, perfect circumstances. Just fall in love with the garbage, the crap, the dark, the nasty, the dirty, and let the manure and the doo-doo in your life fertilize all the amazing seeds that have been planted throughout your life. Mm. Man, that was amazing, brother. That was an amazing story. Absolutely. I mean... Wow. That's going to help our listeners tremendously, bro, <laughs> man. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Um, this has been an amazing broadcast. I mean, I know our listeners are just going to be so blessed by it. Um, how can people get a hold of you brother? If they want to reach out to you and ask you questions or anything like that, if you, if you don't mind sharing that. Well, the first thing that they could do is uh, there's a, well, uh, I, I put a QR code. I'll send you a link and we'll, uh, I'll send you a link for every one of your listeners to, uh, I would love to take care of uh, a gift from, from you and mm -hmm. I'll get them my book uh, complimentary. So I'll send you the link for that. Uh, okay. So be looking, if you're listening, look for that. Also, you can hit me on uh, at the real Kelly Cardenas on Instagram, kellycardenas.com. Uh, you could do that. And honestly, uh, the Kelly Cardenas podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your uh, podcast. Once again, brother, thank you so much for coming on here and just blessing us with all this, this great insight and how to be a better father and just, just falling in love with our crap. Truly. I mean, <laughs> that, that's amazing, brother. I mean, I've never, I never heard it that way before, you know what I mean? And it's absolutely true, you know, but uh, thank you once again, bro. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Thank you so much, man. God bless.